Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I'm very happy to see you all here on this third Sunday in Lent. Um, it is a little bit chilly, but um, it's going to warm up, which is nice. Um, if you've been watching uh, any of the college basketball, you will see that Teresa is very happy because uh, both U of I and University of North Carolina won. And I believe both Michigan teams are still in it at the moment, unless I missed a game. Anybody? Well, We're both? Okay. Okay. Um, and I personally am enjoying uh, the number 15 seed, I think, St. Mary's, that has upset now two teams, because um, I always cheer for the underdog. So, um, Anyway, uh, do we have any announcements this morning from the stage, the floor, the stage? You got something? Okay. Okay. Um, we're doing something. The children are going to be doing something, uh, a humanitarian effort for the families in the Ukraine. We're going to be, they will be taking little buckets around during the offertory, and you can put your loose change in it, and then we'll collect it all and send it to UMCOR so that they can then send it on for any humanitarian needs that going on. And then um, there's going to be a sign-up sheet that I'm going to put out on the board where we have like the ushers and the liturgist list. It's, it's going to be, you don't need to feel that you have to do this, but um, it's a sign-up sheet for an outreach project at Bishop School. I know that most of you don't walk the hallways or get into the school, but when you do, you pretty much see teachers and staff totally burned out. Tammy knows from her perspective. They are tired. And I don't even know how they can be so cheerful when they welcome the children. You'd never know it. But what we wanted to do is to try and show our love to the staff, and we're going to Sarah, if we collect something on, um, if you, it's not been a good morning. I only got one cup of coffee and I spilled it down my leg. Uh, um, so I'm, I'm cranky <laughs> and I'm wet. We're adding that to the prayers, the, the concerns for joys and concerns. That's serious. Dang it. Um, so we'll have it. And if you'd like to bring like some cookies or a box, you know, you can get the chips and the m multiple packs of goodies uh, on Sunday. Sarah will take it to the school on Monday and just say we just want to show our love for what you've been through the last two years and continue to do. And then, I know you'll forget the art of positive thinking, but on Friday, April 1st, Sarah and I are going to come up to the church here and do some planning for our summer play dates. They were successful last year. Our early release play dates are, have been successful, so we're going to work on planning um, some activities for during the summer. That's all I got. Awesome. No fool's joke either. We're going to be here. And if you uh, if you have any free time, I don't know when the next ones are, but the middle school. Uh, over at Lincoln uh, did their production of Frozen Junior. And so if you don't have the song stuck in your head well enough just yet, I recommend you go check it out. The kids did an awesome job. 
Um, they had a lot of fun. We went to see it Saturday. Um, it was... Huh? Oh, I, be I believe the first one, um, from what I could tell, because I haven't really watched the movie. But I'm referring to the song, which song you burned and stuck in your head. Yeah. Um, that and something about building a snowman. But anywho, um, it was really well done. The kids had a lot of fun, and it's a great way to continue to support our school. So... Um, Anybody else going once, twice? All right, cool. Well, that is some of the ministry and the stuff that we do around here and our, uh, our opportunities for mission. Um, but I'd like you to turn your attention now to a time of worship. Um, and I'm going to turn things over to our liturgist, uh, Laurel, and she's going to get us started. It's on. Can you hear me? Hello? One, two, three. You ready? No. No. Now it's ready. No, no. I can speak loud. I'm a loud person. One, two, three. Everything's plugged in. It's not just come over here. Red mic. How's this? Good. Okay. Please join me in our call to worship. Everyone who thirsts, come, come up to, to the, the water, water seek the, the Lord. Repent and return so, so that, that you may live. live. All who are hungry for righteousness, come, come to, to the, the waters, waters seek, seek the Lord. Lord. Repent and return so, so that, that you may live. live. All who need the help of God, come, come to, to the, the waters, waters seek, seek the Lord. Lord. Repent and return so, so that, that you may live. live. Teresa, it's all yours. <laughs> Us and join us with the red folder number 10. We will start with Hosanna as written, and then following that for our second song, you may be seated. But we'll, uh, we'll stand for the first one, and if you uh, want to sing, that would be great, and if you want to do the hand motions, that would be good too. <coughs>
Testing. Can you hear me now? Woohoo! <laughs>
In our gospel scripture today, we will hear about the unproductive fig tree. Oh, the shame of being unproductive. Cut it down. Make room for a more dedicated and hardworking fig tree who among us is living up to our fullest potential. The productivity experts these days can diagnose what's wrong and sell us the antidote in three amazing sessions for a low, low price that is guaranteed to turn our lives around. But the gardener offers an alternative medicine. Nurture it slowly, letting it soak in the manure all around until it can get all the good stuff out of it. Lying fallow and getting fertilized with laughter and tears at the less than fun stuff of life can help heal what ails us. It is, is it not, is this not sometimes productive enough? What productivity expectations are holding you captive? Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Hear this compassionate word from Isaiah. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Know that already God is offering us freedom from feeling alone in fixing what feels oh so wrong with this world. Inviting us to let go of the need to be God so that we might recognize that God is with us, offering courage in difficulty, and know that despite our sometimes faltering steps, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Disciples of Jesus, children of God, 
we often spend our money on that which is not true bread and labor toward things that will never satisfy. In our offering, we give to things that are of God, bread for the hungry, good news for those who are oppressed, the ministries of the church that welcome strangers and sons and daughters alike. We bring before God a portion of all that God has so freely given to us. Please rise as you are able and join me in our doxology. Praise God, Lord, 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 Lord. 
God of wilderness and promised land, in days of want and in days of plenty, you have been with us. By these gifts we now share, may others know of your providence and care. Send us, not only your offerings, but our very selves, to console and comfort, to lift up and reach out, to listen and sit beside your children everywhere at the one table you have set, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn number 261, Lord of the Dance. may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our children and youth to come up and join me. And remember, we are all children of God, so everyone can come up. I got one. I got one. Uh, I see more. Hi. Okay. 
Okay. We got our spectacular six this morning. <laughs> so how are you guys all doing this morning? Yes, I do remember. Yes, I did. Okay, so how's everybody doing this morning? Good. Did you know that today is the first day of spring? That's right. Okay. 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 Hey, focus. Okay. So, yes, it is the first day of spring here in the northern hemisphere. That's the part of the planet that we live in. Now, what kind of things do you think about when we talk about springtime? What kinds of stuff do you guys think about? Yes. You think about what? Flowers, okay, yeah. Okay, it gets warmer. What do you guys think about when you think about spring? I know. What? Flowers are growing. Uh-huh. And there's going to be cold. Excuse me? Yes. You're going to have to wait a few more weeks to find out. Yeah, I got to wait till Easter. Okay, so... This is, today is the first day of spring. Yeah, but how many weeks are in spring? A bunch. Okay, okay. So, I, I want to talk with you guys. Come on, bring it in. I want to talk with you guys about plants and how plants will start to grow and, and all that kind of stuff. So, like, flowers um, and trees and springtime is when a lot of things get planted by farmers and some other people. But when you plant stuff, do they pop up out of the ground right away? No, no the ground looks more like this, right? There, there's not much going on just yet. Okay, it usually takes a little bit of time. Please sit down. Before it starts to look like this. I was trying to find actually a picture of, uh, of our resident farmer here at Stony Creek, but I couldn't find one of Mr. Room. Um, I'm going to find him one day out in his field and get a picture of him. So after farmers and other people, after they plant all this stuff, the stuff, the vegetables or the fruit or whatever they're planting, do you think they just kind of sit around and wait for something to happen? No. No. No? You don't think so? You think they fall asleep in the middle of the field? No, I said they sleep in the middle of the field and sleep for two hours. Yeah. I'm, I, maybe it's a good thing that Mr. Room's not here. <laughs> um, yeah. So farmers, they have to tend to their fields. 
They have to nurture their plants. They, they might use some things to keep the bugs off the plants because the bugs, some of the bugs and some of the little animals like to eat all their plants. They might no, hurt them. And no bugs to eat them. Right. So they might use something like this no. to help uh, keep the plants watered or safe from, no, from things that would hurt them. And no bees. Okay, calm down. So, they have to make sure that the weeds don't come in and, and hurt the plants, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't have a bunch of things like corn and potatoes and Brussels sprouts and asparagus. Yes. Oh, okay. But there actually are some times where we do need to be patient and, and be present because that's the only thing that we can do while stuff is happening. The farmers do things to help keep the plants safe and to grow healthy, but there are times where you have to wait and wait for the plants to start popping out of the ground and start growing. And, and that's true not just of vegetables or fruits or plants, that's true about people. Sometimes we have to be patient. That's how we need to treat people. We have to give them the time and space to grow. Okay? You're always growing. You are always growing. All of you are always growing. Every second you are growing. Okay, AJ. AJ, please stop. All right, so can we do our repeat after me prayer? Okay, ready? I look at you. I look at me. I celebrate what I see. Because God made all the smooth and rough. No matter what, you're good enough. All right, we got one more thing to do. The Lord's Prayer. That's right. You guys ready? We fold our hands because it's the prayer that Jesus taught us, and it's one of the most important ones we have. Okay, go give it to her real quick. Okay, ready? Fold your hands. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power Okay, go to Sunday school. Go have fun. Learn some stuff. All right. This morning... We have a microphone somewhere. We have, do we have someone who will 
carry our microphone. Gilda's got the microphone. So for our joys and concerns, we, of course, want to lift up the concern of Barb not having her full cup of coffee. Um, that is a great concern. Um, also, of course, want to continue to lift up the people of the Ukraine as well as the citizens in Russia who are also being oppressed for their opposition to what is happening in the Ukraine um, and pray for a quick and peaceful resolution to what is going on. Do we have other joys and concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? I used to ask for prayer for my sister, and I think you can all remember I did for a long time. Well, this is for her youngest son that she was living with. Both uh, him and his wife have cancer. Uh, they're both going through chemo right now, and he said that she's lost all of her hair, but she's still beautiful. Um, I don't know how long this will go on, and they're both in their, what, about a year and a half younger than Tammy. Um, so pray for Bill and Leisha Seeger in Florida. Uh, thank you. It's me again. Today, this week, Steve will have his surgery, thankfully. And I'd also ask for travel prayers for, let me see, Erica, David, Crystal, Amanda, and Austin. They will be going south as a group. Let's hope they all get back all right. I don't know if you people know, half of me is Ukrainian, so... Uh, the other half is finished, so I'm only half finished. <laughs> uh, uh, we, my grandmother came from the Ukraine uh, right after one of the wars and spoke only Ukrainian. So I lived with her nighttime. She, when my grandfather passed away, she uh, didn't want to be alone. So from my senior year, for the next five years, I slept nighttime with her on a studio couch in the living room. We lived next door to my parents, so I'd run home in the morning for breakfast, and, and my dates would pick me up at one house and drop me off at the other house, so I didn't really get in trouble. But uh, <laughs> at least they didn't know about it. Uh, Grandma was a good secret keeper. Um, I also wanted to say uh, today is the first day of spring, and Lynn and I had our first date 62 years ago today. I beat him in bowling, but we haven't been back bowling. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do we have any others? I'd like to ask uh, continued prayers for Tom Seibert and his family and the loss of Penny. Um, 
we knew it was coming, but it still was still a shock. And so he appreciates all the phone calls, everybody that has responded to Penny's obituary. So just continue prayers for healing. All right, if you would please join me in our call to prayer. We are using our song, Good Enough. you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. God of generous provision, we are grateful for the many ways you care for us and provide for the needs of your people. In word, water, bread, and wine, you nourish and sustain us. When we listen to you, we encounter delight, and when we come to you, we live most fully. Sometimes, though, we find ourselves in a dry and weary land where we have misused and depleted creation. Drought and famine leave people and animals facing hunger and starvation. Where we have polluted streams, rivers, and oceans, fish and other water creatures suffer and die. People without access to clean water become sick. O oh God, help us to care for your creation in ways that make it possible for all to have enough food and water, life, verdance, and abundance. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dry and weary land, in places torn apart by war, where the earth itself has been ravaged, where hospitals and homes and corner stores have been reduced to rubble where human lives have been destroyed and deformed, where peace lies in the ruins and hope is buried. O oh God, raise peace among us again. Build hope up from the ground. Restore in us and in the world's leaders the will and determination to make an end of war and a new beginning for justice. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dry and weary land, where we are lost, unable to find our way to a place that is home for us, when we are sad and weighed down with regret or grief, when we are tired 
or sick in body, mind, or spirit. O God, provide water in the deserts and manna in the wilderness, enough to sustain us for one more day, even enough to revive us for the long haul. Sometimes we find ourselves in the rich feast of your presence. We celebrate a new beginning in our lives, a new job, a new relationship, a new life, a new day of sobriety, a second chance. Oh God, we give you thanks for this new blessing in our lives. Sometimes we find ourselves in the rich feast of your presence. We give thanks for the gift of healing after injury or illness, for laughter that bubbles up to replace our tears, for hope that spills its soothing light over the darkness of our despair. Oh God, we thank you for the gift of wholeness and resurrection promised to us in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we find ourselves in the rich feast of your presence. We enjoy the relief of forgiveness given and received. We enjoy a breach in walls of division. Our own hearts are enlarged and our own vision is broadened by new understanding. We welcome a prodigal home or ourselves welcomed home again. Oh God, we thank you that you are reconciling all things in heaven and on earth. Be patient with us, we pray, in the very landscape of our lives. Make us patient with one another and even with ourselves. Do your good work within us, among us, and beyond us, too, until our lives and all creation come fully into your realm. You who are so generous, provide, generously provide deserve our praise, our grateful praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. We seek you in your word, O God, as though we are searching for water in a dry and weary land. By the power of your Holy Spirit, may this word be to us a rich feast, satisfying the soul. Then, with our mouths, we will praise you, and with our lives, we will bless you, our host and our hope. Amen. The scripture today, this book is in the New Testament. It was written by the Apostle Paul somewhere between 55 and 57 A.D., Word came to Paul regarding the state of the church of Corinth, and this scripture addresses that. The Bible is full of tales of battle over territory, plenty of that. Or lines of descendants, plenty of that. Or rules to live by, plenty of that. I tend to read the Bible to receive words of comfort. I am always happy to read words that are familiar to me through all of my life. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. The greatest of them is love. That's in 1 Corinthians. This idea that God will not give us more than we can endure, that's from 1 Corinthians. I'm looking for assurance that 
God loves me just the way I am and that I am indeed good enough. So hear this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and then they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. And now the next song is Lamb of God, and you'll find it in your red folder, uh, number 39, if you'd like to rise.
may be seated. Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, You can find it beginning on page 1032 in the Bibles in the pews. We are in the 13th chapter, looking at verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I still find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Healing and nurturing God, you know just what we need to thrive, to be successful, to be productive. You also know just what we need to be fruitful especially working in your ministry in this world. Help us to listen when you lead us in this way. May we hear your Holy Spirit as calls are placed upon our hearts. And may we always be willing to help nurture one another and to allow ourselves to be nurtured by you and by others. Help us to be good examples both by our doing and our letting others do for us. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning again to you all. Today we are in the third week of Lent, as I mentioned at the beginning of our service, and therefore we are in our third week of our Lent and Easter seasons sermon series titled, Good Enough. On Ash Wednesday, we talked about how for humanity, perfection is impossible. But transformation is not. We also talked about how even though society may have these unreachable and unrealistic expectations of what our lives should be and what they should look like, that doesn't mean that our lives are somehow less than. The first Sunday of Lent, we talked about the idea and truth that ordinary lives can be holy. We acknowledge that all we have are the ordinary things of life to point us towards the divine presence. On the second, uh, second Sunday of Lent, which was last Sunday, <clears throat> we talked about how so much is out of our control in our lives and in our world. We talked about how we can get frustrated when all things and all people are not just so and interfere with our carefully laid plans in life. 
And then we asked ourselves, what if we could adjust our understanding of divine presence as a dance partner who is there with us, improvising alongside no matter where the dance may take us? Today we're going to focus mostly on our reading from Luke's Gospel, and as the title indicates, how a lot of things can be medicine. Beginning at the section of the passage titled, The Parable of the Barren Fig Tree, then he told his parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Oh, the shame, the shame. The unbearable shame of the unproductive fig tree. Three years, three whole years, and no fruit. What a waste. Cut that tree down. Cut it down. Make room for a more dedicated and hardworking tree or plant that can be fruitful and fill a need. And yet... Does this fig tree maybe represent more than just a plant that has not been able to produce fruit? I mean, come on. Could this maybe just maybe be a metaphor for us? As I asked earlier, who among us can say that they are living up to their fullest potential? I cannot imagine where anyone could possibly get the idea that they were not living up to their fullest potential, except practically everywhere you look. The productivity experts these days, as I mentioned earlier, they can, they can diagnose exactly what's wrong with us and then sell us that perfect antidote. An antidote of, of three amazing sessions for a low, low price that is guaranteed to turn our lives around. Or maybe it's a learn-at-your-own-pace video lecture series with lifetime access that you can complete on your own schedule and then just pay a small fee to receive your certificate in the mail and, of course, turn yourself into the most productive person in the world. Yeah. Okay. But is there possibly another option? This gardener offers... An alternative medicine, if you will. The gardener instead offers to nourish or to nurture it slowly, letting this fig tree soak in the manure all around it until the tree can get all the good stuff out of it. As I said, the truth is that laying fallow and getting fertilized with laughter and tears at Some of the difficult things in life can help us to heal what ails us. And sometimes, sometimes that's productive enough. Sometimes taking some time to rest, to enjoy life, to make people a bigger priority than things. Sometimes all of that is productive enough. 
Often when this passage comes around in the Revised Common Lectionary, the theme that many preachers use is around repentance, focusing on the first half of the reading. But instead today, we're looking at this idea of of judgment about whether this fig tree is worthy of existence at all. Now, I have never been known or mistaken for a gardener working outdoors on plants or flowers. My maternal grandfather had quite the green thumb, though, and he passed that along to my mother. And I can remember the garden that my mom used to keep on the side of our garage when we were growing up. And she, she planted all kinds of different things throughout the years. I remember she grew corn a few times. We had sunflowers that actually reached almost as tall as the garage itself. She often did rhubarb, which she would then later make strawberry rhubarb pie with. We did pumpkins a couple times, and she still has a garden now, a little bit smaller and in raised beds that my father built for her. Helps keep the critters out and helps save her back a little bit. And I know that many of you have your own gardens in your backyards or maybe even a separate plot of land. I also know that several of you grew up on farms or had neighbors who were farmers, And that means that I know that most of all, if not all of you know, that for a garden to be successful, it takes some nurturing, some tending. Yes, successfully nurturing anything takes time and it takes patience. In regards to gardening, it also takes knowing what each kind of plant or flower needs to flourish. And again, that same thing is true about, about people, about us. To successfully nurture a person, you need to know what things that person needs for flourishing. Now, there are definitely some things that every person needs to flourish, like air, water, food. But then there are are also things that will differ from person to person based on their life experience, their, their belief systems. Sometimes we ask ourselves, what, what medicine do we need to help what is ailing us? Is it rest? Is it time alone? Is it more time with loved ones? Is it a reminder that we are all beloved children of God? Take a moment and think about what medicine you might be needing right now to help you heal from what is ailing you most in your life. Now, I will admit this this can be challenging because many of us tend to default to the old pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and soldiering on. But think about that. Has that ever really worked before? And I mean really, really worked before. I've always been really annoyed 
with that line, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Because it's physically impossible. You, you literally cannot do that. But it is something that has been dumped on generation after generation, convincing people that if they are, are not successful or thriving or super-duper productive, it is all completely on them and the efforts that they are making. Let's be honest, that's a complete falsehood. How many people never receive the kind of nurturing and support that would help them to be their best selves? How many people never get the nurturing and support that encourages them to follow their dreams, to to reach for the stars, or even just to understand that they are loved and worthy of life? And yes, I acknowledge that this gets into the territory of nature versus nurture debates, but both are critical to a person's development and ability to not only be productive, but also feeling like their productivity is of value. So instead of the old, just pull yourself up from by your bootstraps, what if we tried something different? What if we took time to nurture others that need it? What if we opened ourselves to receiving nurturing from others when we need it? What if instead of chopping each other down when we think the other is not being productive enough, what if instead we gave each other some more time and nurturing, loving and caring attention? I think we might be surprised at what we would find. Marvin J. Ashton, a Utah politician who lived during the 1900s, once said, Be the one who nurtures and builds. Be the one who has an understanding and a forgiving heart, one that looks for the best in people. Leave people better than you found them. That might be one of the few times that I can honestly say I found value in the words of a politician. John Lennon was once quoted as sharing that we've got this gift of love, but love is like a precious plant. You can't just accept it and leave it in the cupboard or just think it's going to get on by itself. You've got to keep watering it. You've got to really look after it and nurture it. And author Brian Coslow has gone on record with the claim that if you nurture your mind, body, and spirit, your time will expand. You will gain a new perspective that will allow you to accomplish much more. I've got one last quote for you this morning. It comes from... Catherine Vinner, the editor-in-chief of The Guardian. Catherine says, If people long to create a better world, then we must use our platform to nurture imagination, hopeful ideas, fresh alternatives, belief that the way things are 
isn't the way things need to be. Once called the most dangerous phrase in business, but I believe it is actually the most dangerous and surest sign of death for a church, is when you hear, but we've always done it this way. There is no nurturing in that statement. I pray that we never find ourselves holding on to outdated practices or ideologies that prevent us from nurturing each other, from being nurtured by one another, from authentically living out our faith that reflects God's love and grace to the world. Nurture. I look at our youth and our children. I think about what Barb said about their teachers who are at exhaustion. And somehow you can still see the nurturing that they are receiving by those teachers, by their families, by their friends. And nurturing is not just important at a young age. It is important at every age. Let us nurture one another in love. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 298, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
Blessed are we who stop, okay, maybe not stop entirely, who are we kidding, but who slow down. We who discover rest and new life and renewal when we step off the treadmill, or at least turn it down. We who remember that the world keeps spinning without us, and thank God for that. We who remember we are loved, 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 just being us. Now may the God who loves all creation and you without price and Jesus our companion along this crooked path called life and the Holy Spirit who loves to improvise in surprising ways go with you, dwell among you, and give you joy this day and forevermore. Amen.